have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter number five. <clears throat> I heard Josiah back there pouring water on his violin to cool it off. I think that's what he was doing. He did a great job of that. <clears throat> Last week, we stopped at verse number 18 and notice the difference between the indwelling of the Spirit, which happens at salvation, and the filling of the Spirit. The last part of verse 18, but be filled with the Spirit. And I want to draw your attention to keep your finger here, but flip back over to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and I want you to notice a particular word that all of us need to be careful of and aware of, <clears throat> and it's spoken of by Jesus Christ, and it gives us an insight into the filling of the Holy Spirit. Notice, if you would, in verse 34, John three thirty-four. I have it underlined in my Bible as it's an important thought. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. That's Jesus, of course. For God giveth him, giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Now, <clears throat> we as God's children want to have all of the Spirit filling we can. But remember, God does not fill a dirty vessel. And so you and I have to understand that God looks at our hearts as he begins to fill us with his spirit. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, be filled with the spirit. And this word filled is though, how many of you have ever maybe washed your car and you put a bucket in the front driveway and you put some soap in it and you started filling it up? Have you ever left the water running and you went inside to grab something, you came back out and it was sort of running down the driveway? Anybody ever done that but me? Okay, well, that's this word. Be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> Be abundantly filled with the Spirit so that the Spirit of God is guiding you. It is leading you. In John 14, John 16, the Bible says the Spirit uh, guides us. The Spirit teaches us. Well, the Spirit cannot do that in measure. You and I cannot live right like the Lord wants if the Holy Spirit is only measured in us. In other words, if there's a small portion of the yielding. Now, the way that happens is you and I say, Lord, I want to do your will, but not here. You have a measure of the Spirit, of the power of the Spirit. Now, let's back up over here. The indwelling of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit fills you completely. So, in other words, the Spirit of God lives within you. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now we're speaking about the indwelling of the Spirit. He indwells every believer. Notice, if you would, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Every Christian, the Spirit of God dwells within you. The question is, how much of the Spirit of God fills you, controls you? Do you let Him have total control of your life and your heart? Notice, if you would, 
which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So the filling of the Holy Spirit gives you and I the strength to say no to sin. It gives us the strength the Holy Spirit does to help us to do what's right in face of peer pressure, as in the case of a lot of young people, or even at work. Um, uh, Peer pressure can be very strong, but the Holy Spirit is far more powerful. Maybe you are working and someone is is, um, making some uh, off-color comments, and so you, uh, I don't want to be a part of this, so Maybe you get up and go to the restroom or you get up and go to another table or whatever. Um, And somebody says, hey, why would you get up? Well, um, you have to answer now. Well, I just wasn't comfortable with the language at the table. Oh. So you and I have to have the Spirit of God to do what is right and a circumstance that we're put in many times. And the Holy Spirit gives us the guidance in how to do that. Uh, Notice, if you would, back over in Ephesians chapter number 5, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. And then a part of that filling uh, results in speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There is a joy that comes when you and I are filled with God's Spirit. Now, let me just say this. The filling of God's Spirit is when you yield to Him every area of your life. You yield to the Holy Spirit your thought life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lord, is this thought okay with you? Lord, is this thought okay with you? Some thoughts I know are not okay. Uh, maybe a jealous thought or envious thought. And you say, Lord, I'm sorry for that. Would you forgive me? I, I want to bring every thought obedient to you. You've, you're filled with God's Spirit because you've yielded everything in your heart to Him. Okay, now, that brings a certain joy of life. It's a song in the heart. So he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. Now, a psalm is, uh, uh, there, there are certain psalms that have been put to music that are, uh, uh, that are wonderful to sing, and they get in your heart. They have a melody to them. And so it's a psalm, it's a, it's a glory to the Lord. And notice, if you would, a hymn. Uh, It is something that comes from the heart. Uh, Notice, if you would, and spiritual songs, Uh, songs that have a a melody to them. All songs that are good have a melody to them. Uh, They come from the heart. If you have your Bible, notice, if you would, it says, with psalms and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the song is not so much for us, It is for us to give to the heart of the Lord. And you'll notice, if you would, he says, I'm making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So have you ever caught yourself singing or whistling a song uh, or humming a song? uh, And 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 it's a a song that honors the Lord. 
Um, that's what this is talking about. So when you totally yield your life to the Lord, there's going to be this joy and this song. The Lord will give you a song. Many times it's a, it's a song that you've heard of. Uh, there are sometimes you're just making a melody to the Lord. There's no song with it. It's just a happiness to the Lord. If you have your Bible, turn, if you would, um, to Colossians chapter 3. Just a book or two past, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Notice, if you would, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, the word of God, which are the Psalms. Notice, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms. Now, admonishing is is to put into the mind. So a lot of times whenever someone comes up like Melody and and, uh, uh, Benita did, uh, a, a melody would get into our heart, and uh, it would be there, and we'd walk out of church with a melody in our heart. Well, you notice he says, uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Grace is a generosity somewhat. You're, you're, you're singing something to the Lord for his benefit. Now, Notice with me, if you would, he says, verse 17, and whatsoever you do, do in word, do all in the name of the Lord. So all of our songs should be to please him. Now, notice with me, if you would, back over in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, and notice this, giving thanks always for all things unto God. Now, can anybody think of a song that's a song of thanksgiving? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me. Notice, if you would, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Songs are for praise to the Lord. Songs are to admonish one another. It's to encourage each other to have a a melody in their heart. Songs have a deep effect on people. And that's why they need to have a melody to them. Uh, we have songs today that have beats to them, and, and it's, uh, it moves the body. But the spirit, it moves to the Lord. And so it is a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song that's in your heart to the Lord. Uh, Our goal is to lift people to the Lord in every song that's sung. That's the purpose of singing. You'll you'll notice, if you would, in in verse number number 20, giving thanks always for all things. Now, you and I, we have to work sometimes at being thankful. The Bible says thanksgiving is a sacrifice. You might not think that. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews chapter 13, I want you to notice this. Hebrews chapter 13, look at verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So he says it is a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Folks, when you thank somebody, it it takes the credit away from you. 
It gives the credit to someone else. And a lot of times it's the reason why we're ungrateful is uh, we don't necessarily want them to have the credit. Uh, we uh, want the credit for ourselves or we don't want to be good to someone else. And the, the Scripture says to always give thanks to the Lord. Everything in our life is from Him. And you might say, well, Pastor, what? Well, our breath is from Him. Isn't it wonderful that you don't have to think about your heart beating? Isn't it wonderful that you don't have to think about getting up and saying, Lord, uh, I need to get my heart going so I can get up. I need to get my mind going so that I can get up. Do you understand the blessings of God to us tonight? Every good thing, the Bible says, is from the Lord, James chapter 1. So your health, uh, your friends, your church family, your job, every dollar that you have, your education. You might say, well, I earned the education. Whose mind did you use to get that degree? The mind that God gave to you. Really, in the, if you really look at it, we are nothing without Him. Everything about us is from Him. Oh, yes, you may have earned a salary and you may have put some money back, but that too is a gift of God. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are times when we begin to take credit for things. That's the reason it's a sacrifice to give thanks because it takes it away from us, and our flesh says, I want the credit. But we want to give the Lord the credit, all of us. And so tonight, thanksgiving is a sacrifice that we give to the Lord. Now, you'll notice, if you would, in verse 20, Ephesians 5, 20, giving thanks always for all things. If you and I, how many have you ever thought about, <clears throat> don't raise your hand, but you wondered what someone could do to pray all night. Um, Jesus played, prayed all night sometimes. Um, we had a, a special speaker here many years ago, and he's from South Africa. <clears throat> and uh, there were some old um, not Aborigines, but they had trusted Christ, sort of like that in South Africa. And there were some preachers that got together, three or four of them, and a couple of the, apparently the, the leaders of the church, and, and they were going to go up to a hill and pray. And so this speaker of ours, when he was younger Christian, he says, hey, I, I want to go pray with you. And they said, oh, I don't, I don't think so. And he said, why not? How long are you going to pray? They said, that's why not. What do you mean? We're going to pray till we're finished. We don't know how long that's going to take. I don't know about you, but I pray in measure. I get up in the morning. I have time to set aside certain time to certain time when I read God's Word and I pray and I have a prayer list. 
But I get convicted when I see giving thanks to God always for all things. Lord, I need to do more of that. And I'll tell you when we can do it. On a day off, like tomorrow. We get up and we, Lord, I don't have a, today, I I don't really have a work I've got to go to, so Lord, I just want to say thank you. And you begin. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my health. Thank you for the answers to prayer that you gave this past week to Nick Adams. I don't know about you, but I prayed for Nick Adams a lot. How many of you prayed for Nick Adams too? Well, okay, look, have we said, Lord, thank you for what you did. Lord, I want to thank you for your answer to prayer. As I said this morning, uh, George Mueller had 50,000 prayers written down that he uh, could certify God had done. Do you understand when you and I begin to write them down, Lord, thank you for this answer. Lord, thank you for, for, for letting me think of that. Lord, thank you for, and you could go on and on and on. And I think there'd be a time when you say, Lord, I, I wish I could spend a little bit more time, Lord, but I, I, I do have to go to work or I do have to uh, run an errand, Lord, but, but I'll be back. Where are those kind of Christians? that are just engrossed in the Lord. We have so many schedules that we cannot say, Lord, thank you for everything. Once you run out of the things to think of that you want to say thank you for, okay. But when you really think about it, giving thanks always for all things to God, that encompasses everything in your life. Lord, thank you for my vehicles. Well, I want to thank you that, you know, uh, how many of you have had a good vehicle? Raise your hand. How many have had a bad vehicle? Raise your hand. Okay. Can somebody tell me uh, the definition of a bad vehicle? Uh, well, let me, let me give you just an example. Uh, I, I don't want to embarrass him, but um, uh, Brother Andrew here um, came in and said, Pastor, you know, I, I, I got a lug nut that's locked on. Now, I've never had that, but it, it got all the lug nuts off his tire, and his tire went flat. How many ever had a flat tire? I hate that, you know? Uh, in my house, I had on the wall a plug and a, and a, and a compressor and, a, and a, a, a hose so that my tire got flat or, or it got low, I could just air it up. I go out here to Wawa, and it takes 30 minutes to, to air it up. It's free. Or you go to some other place and it costs you, you know, you got to put five quarters in there for it to air it up. How many of you talking about, you know? Well, uh, Andrew can't get this tire to air up. And he came and says, what am I going to, I need to get it over to the shop. So he found somebody that would, that had the tools to get it off. And, you know, it had a cover on it and this little thing was way back in there. I was thinking about a pair of pliers or something and then a ratchet and it, it had already been ratcheted off to where it didn't work. And I'm thinking, in my mind, when I walked out, Lord, thank you, that's his tire, not mine, okay? Lord, thank you. So that was my prayer, okay? And then I said, Lord, maybe you could help him. And I said, you know, can I take you someplace? And so he said, if you'll take me home, I'll drive it over. I said, you're going to drive it on a flat tire? He says, I don't know of any other way. i got to ruin this tire so I can get it over there so they can get it off or 
tow it. Tow it's a whole lot more expensive. So he says, I'm going to drive it over there. So I, I drive off, and I see this poor guy. You know, he's kind of driving off like that. It's close. And then he got, they took it off like that. He got an, another tire and put it on there, and he came in rejoicing. It, it only cost this much. You know, when you get a car, that how many of you, it's been a year since you've had a flat? Raise your hand. How many of you, it's been five years since you've had a flat? Raise your hand. How many have not had a flat in the last 10 years? Raise your hand. I want to know what you're doing. I want to do that, okay? But have we sat down and said, Lord, thank you for your goodness to me. Anybody ever had a battery go bad and you had to jump it? How many of you had no batteries to go bad in the last 10 years? Raise your hand. You see, what if we're not careful? We forget to be thankful for all things. I was thankful this week. It's not this tie. But my wife came in this morning. I was trying to find a tie. And, and uh, you know, she said, well, you know, you lost my favorite tie. I can't, I, I can't. I said, honey, I don't lose ties. I don't take them off and throw them down and lose them. If I got a tie, it's on my neck or on my rack. Or it's in a suitcase someplace. And I took it someplace. She said, I have looked everywhere. That tie is gone. You know, Lord, could you help me find that tie? So I go back there, get a suitcase out, dig it back in the corner of it. And sure enough, there are two ties. And that was one of them. Anybody ever lost something and are so thankful you found it? Anybody here? Do we pause and say, oh, Lord, thank you. You see, when he says giving thanks always for all things, you can pray a lot longer than five or ten minutes. Just say, Lord, thank you. And I'm including myself in this. I get so busy I can think of six things to be thankful for. But if I sit down and start doing that, I could think of a lifetime of things to be thankful for. That's what he's talking about. We are nothing without his blessing. Take your Bible and turn to James chapter 1. I want you to see this. Hebrews, James chapter 1. I'm sure we know this. But notice verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From the Lord, from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. Every good gift you've ever had, every good, every perfect gift you've ever had, now, you begin to think of that list. Wow, Lord, thank you. Tonight, I just remind you to be thankful. It is a part of the filling of God's Spirit. When the Holy Spirit takes control of your life, you begin to see things in a different lens of color. 
Lord, you gave me that. Lord, you gave me this. Lord, you, Lord, I, you gave me good health. Lord, you, you uh, how many of you have, you, you, you don't, you haven't had a cavity in five years? Raise your hand. Oh, Lord, that would be the gift of all. No cavities. You know what? The, you know the way they fix the cavity. Oh, it's awful. Lord, thank you, folks. I'm just telling you. If you sit down and start to think about every good gift, what a privilege! But we don't tell him thank you. And I guarantee when we step foot inside heaven, we're going to say, oh, no. He's done so much for me. And I never said thank you. Now, take your Bible, if you would, and turn back to Ephesians. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, there's a little illustration that I read many years ago about Thanksgiving that touched my heart. I just can't get away from it. There were two little orphans, a boy and a sister. It was snowing. And they would sell newspapers to get a little bit of money. The story did not tell where they lived. It did not say anything about them. It just gave this illustration. And they knocked on a lady's door. <clears throat> Ma'am, would you like a newspaper? And she said, no. Um, and then she looked out. And the little girl's in sandals. And there's snow on the ground. Tattered clothes. Not a good coat. And they're standing outside, and he's got the papers. She's got some of them, and they're trying to sell them. Sure, I'll take a paper. Would you like to come in and have some hot chocolate? Oh, yes. And they came in, and she had a fire going in the fireplace. She had food she was fixing for her husband. And she got a little cup of hot chocolate. And she had a saucer and a cup. Anybody here have saucers and cups? You know what I'm talking about? Saucers and cups, you put them in there. Well, she brings a saucer and cup, hands it to the little girl. And she hands it to the little boy. They're sitting there and they're, it's, the snow is melting on her floor. And the little girl looks up at her. And she's in her a robe, it's a little tattered. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? You got a robe that you've liked, you've worn for a lot of years. It's a little bit tattered. And, and she looked up at her, didn't see the robe, saw the fireplace, saw the cup, enjoyed the hot chocolate. She says, lady, and I quote, are you rich? And the lady looked at her and she said, oh, goodness, no. Look, look at, the, look at, look at my, my robe. It's all tattered and torn. And, and she said, why would she even say such a thing? It's a, it's a small home. It's, and she says, but, she said, your cup and saucer, they match. 
Are you rich? And the little boy says, ma'am, we've got to go. we got some more papers we have to sell. So they got up and walked out. And she noticed in front of the fireplace the little steps where there was some snow that had melted. She looked at her robe. She picked up the cup and saucer, and she says, Lord, thank you. I think there's a lot of rich people in this room. And we don't realize it. And it's a sacrifice to slow down, sit down, kneel down, and say, Lord, thank you. Tonight, what do you have to be thankful for? Let's bow our heads forward with prayer. giving thanks always for all things. Maybe tonight, I'm just going to ask the pianist to play. We're going to stand just a moment. I'll have a word of prayer. We'll stand. But I'm not going to ask Brother Brandon to sing. I'll just ask the pianist to play. Thank you, Lord. And if you need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I, I haven't said thank you like I should have. And maybe the Holy Spirit has touched your heart. You've allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And there's some things you'd like to say thank you for. I just encourage you to come out of this altar and say, Lord, thank you. Father, speak to our hearts tonight. We owe you everything. There is nothing we've earned without you. Would you help us to be grateful? Lord, Help some young people to be grateful for their parents. Lord, help some husbands and wives to be grateful for each other. Lord, for their jobs, for their health. Lord, but especially that we'd be grateful for you and your thoughtfulness to us. In your name we pray. Amen.